You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Hello and welcome to the latest Today's Conveyancer podcast. Uh, Today I'm joined by Rob Hailstone, founder of the Bold Legal Group and industry personality, I think it's fair to say, Rob. Thanks very much indeed for joining. Thanks, David. Um, I'm not really sure what that term means, an industry personality. Yes, a few people know me, so I'll go with that. Um, And and thanks for inviting me. I'm looking forward to this. We're going to talk today a little bit about you um actually so you've got your own podcast i know and you've been interviewing a few different people through bold legal group but today i wanted to kind of talk a little bit about who you are your background what the background to 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 bold legal group is as well so we'll dive right in you left conveyancing a little while ago you'll tell me how many years ago uh to become a hip provider i think before bold yeah that's right I was working happily away uh, as a conveyancer in an office in Bobby Tracy in Devon, um, running a small office for another for a firm called Man Jenkins. And uh, um, I noticed that the Housing Act was coming into force, uh, Housing Act 2005, I think it was. And I thought, well, this is interesting, home information packs. A seller would have to have one or an agent would have to have one before they could put the property on, on the market. Who best to produce a pack that might have a beneficial effect, but a lawyer, but a property lawyer, a conveyancer. So I thought this could be an opportunity uh, um, to, if not uh, get the top of the food chain to level the playing field with estate agents. So I got a copy of the Act. I read the Act. And thankfully, it's probably the shortest Act in the history of Acts. And it wasn't particularly complicated. So I, I understood it. And I wrote a small wasn't even an article, a small piece for um, the Law Society Gazette saying that I was setting up an action group called HIPAG, Home Information Pack Action Group. Did anybody want to join? Um, it went in the Gazette and within two or three months, I had about 100 firms say, yep, yeah, we'll, we'll join your action group. Uh, so I said, OK, we'll go charge you a fee for this. And I was charging 30, 40 or 50 pound a month, depending on the size of the firm. Within another three months, I had it's no big secret, I tell you, but it's about five grand coming in in membership fees, which was more than I was earning as a conveyancer. And I thought, oh, I've got to do something for these people because they're paying me. So I gave up my job, uh, which really surprised the firm I was working for because it was a very profitable office, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, I'm leaving. No doubt you'll replace me. And they said, uh, of course, I'm not going to replace you because we'd have to get two people to, to do the amount of work you do. Which really points out, I think, how hard a lot of conveyances work now and not just me. And I, I felt like I had mug written across my forehead for a while. Um, so they, they closed the office. Um, I then started going up and down to what was the then Deputy Prime Minister's office with some people in the southwest who were involved in um, HIPS. Um, uh, there were a few people, Richard Large and um, Ed Chamberlain and Maria Coleman, more famously Maria Coleman. So I was sort of riding on on their shirt tails and I went to Deputy Prime Minister's office and I met a chap called Dennis Pursehouse, who was pretty much responsible for writing the, the act, the legislation. Um, lovely chap, got on really well with Dennis and um, sort of officially, but not, not an officially, officially gave him the heads up on lots of things over the course of the next three or four years. 
And again, I looked at the act and I realised that what the government wanted to produce um, was what I called a QCP, which was a quick crap pack. It really wasn't very good and it wasn't going to deliver what they wanted, what the client stroke consumer wanted, what agents wanted and what um, no doubt what conveyances wanted. Um, so I became a bit of a sort of expert on the act. And then I got a, an email or a phone call out of the blue from Oye Oye Straker. And they said, they asked me a HIP-related question, which I answered. And they said, what are you planning to do with HIPAG? And I said, well, I want to produce um, a system that would produce a QCP as quickly as possible so that uh, the agent uh, can get on with marketing the property. But the moment that's being produced, I then want the seller to instruct a conveyancer and I want them to look at the pack that's being produced and to uh, locate and add any missing documentation. Uh, for example, you know, copy transfers, copy conveyances, guarantees, etc. And I, I wanted them to turn that QCP into what I call another QCP, which was a quality conveyancing pack. It's all a bit cheesy, but it, it seemed to work. Um, so long story short, uh, OEA said, well, we're interested in your, your concept. Come and talk to us up in London. And it was a real dragon's den moment that I wasn't expecting. So there was one of me just come up from Devon, you know, a bit of straw in my mouth, that, uh, some scrumpy cider on my shoulder. And there was five or six, you know, business executives questioning me on what I wanted to do. Um, after uh, a few hours and then um, a few months, they said, OK, we'll set up a business with you and we'll produce some information packs. You can be the CEO. Um, there's your office. Go and rent a car, rent a flat. Um, you've got a board of directors, off we go. Oh, and we will put X amount of money into the kitty to build the system. So I said, oh, great. OK, I got in the car and I drove home and I stopped off in Exeter and went into Waterstones and I bought a book, What the CEO Does, because I had absolutely no idea what a CEO did. I started going up and down to London every week and we built the team up there and uh, we started getting some orders for HIPS. We had a team of about 12, I think, eventually. And some of the documents would come in manually, some would come in online. We'd have to scan some of them. Um, and I'd have to sort of answer certain legal problems as they came in. But we were beginning to get engagement, not just with, with sellers and the, uh, the, the estate agents, but with lawyers. And we were saying, OK, now you've been instructed by the seller. Have a look at this pack. And they were doing what I wanted them to do. They were finding the missing documents. They were sending them to us and we were adding them to the pack. Were they speeding up transactions? Um, it was difficult to tell because we're in a chain situation. But what I do know for sure is they were making that particular transaction a lot easier. Uh, and that, that was going quite well. Uh, went on for, a, I think, a year or two. Uh, I, I probably erased most of this from my memory because I've still got the scars or the grey hairs. And then we, we saw the writing on the wall. Um, I, I was a member of AHIP, the Association of Home Information Pack Providers, and we, we met with Grant Shapps, and he made it quite clear that HIPs were going to be scrapped. And then dear old Dennis Pursehouse um, gave me the nod a few days before they were actually scrapped. And OEA um, made the 12 staff redundant. Uh, then they made my wife redundant, who was working for us as well. And then eventually they made me redundant. Um, so I I went back to Devon with my tail between my legs thinking, what do I do now? And the one thing Lynn said to me was, do not ever become a conveyancer again. It will kill you. You work too hard. And again, that sums up part of the problem with, with the, the profession, I think. That's a fantastic backstory, Rob. 
and you must have through that process have come up with a, a whole load of connections that the idea for for bold was born out of yeah you're right i, I did create a good um a good database of contacts etc in the industry um and there was one tipping point actually for for um, um hipag and growing the membership etc and that was when HSBC um, took all the law firms off their panel and I became a bit of a thorn in their side. Um, I won't go into that detail now, that's for another time, but it's quite an amusing story. But I, when I came back to Devon, um, I thought, what do I do now? Um, I liked what I was doing. I thought I'll create Bold and I'll create a new membership because the membership had by then disappeared. It was quite easy last time. Well, not quite easy, but it happened last time. So bold was supposed to stand for bundle of legal documents because I wanted to produce a pack, a seller's pack. Well, it didn't take me long to work out that the mandatory pack wasn't very popular, wasn't wanted, uh, and that I only built my membership originally because it was mandated. So I sort of dropped that idea temporarily, but it's been with me for the last 15 years and is still burning quite brightly inside me. So for Bold, I thought, well, I still build a membership. I, I quite like that kind of lifestyle of the work, which is 24-7, but, but I love doing it. And the first thing I did to try and create the membership was the SRA introduced their new handbook. Um, why they called it a handbook, I don't know, because it was 700 pages. And I looked at it and I thought, there's only about a third of this that is relevant to conveyances. So I will condense it down for conveyances. And literally, I was copying page by page, condensing page by page into a third of a page um, on, on a daily, weekly basis. And some firms paid me for that so that they had their condensed version of the SRA handbook. Um, it was tough financially. We, we were sort of robbing Peter to pay Paul at home, um, but I was determined not, not to give up. Um, and eventually the membership grew uh, a little bit more and kept growing and my profile kept growing and it, it turned into part of what it is now. And the weekly bulletins, I think the bulletins actually were almost daily at one point and then bi-weekly. Now they're weekly um, because I don't think people really want to be interrupted more than once or twice a week for, by me. Uh, but they are widely read. We've got a membership of about 650 law firms from sole practitioners up to the biggest uh, volume conveyances in the country and, and many, many in between. I think the bulletin goes to roughly 5,000 um, individual conveyances. It's difficult to know because there's generic e emails in some of those um, law firms. I'm not sure how many people they go to. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. How did your own experience of Action Hip and indeed your own experience as a conveyancer inform the direction of travel of Bold? Do you know, I I actually don't think it did. Um, I think Bold just evolved naturally. Um, the bulletins, I would put some new stories in there or, or I would uh, report on cases like um, Dreamvar or Perunsing. And then individual members would send a question in to me about a conveyancing problem. And I would put it in, in the bulletin. And then two or three people would email me and say, I had the same problem last week or last month. This is how we solved it. Um, and by the way, if you wanted to have this deed we prepared with that other member, you can share the deed. Um, and it just grew, it evolved. So there were more questions going in the bulletins on a weekly basis. More news stories were cropping up. Um, then search providers, et cetera, started asking me if I could publicize some of their events. And the whole thing grew to what it is now, uh, which is still a weekly bulletin. 
I think about 18 months, two years ago, I had the bright idea, and I don't get many bright ideas, to create an online forum. And that probably is the best thing I've ever done. So we've now got about 700 people in the forum. And rather than them send the questions to me, the members send the questions to me now, they post them on the forum. And I can say hand on heart, within, within an hour, on any day of the week, um, Saturday, Sunday, bank holidays, somebody will reply to that question. Uh, well, 99% of the time, somebody will reply to that question. And then three or more people will chip in as well. There's some quite interesting online discussions. But there's also an awful lot of help for every conveyancer that's part of the forum. Now, because the um, we've only got 700 people in the uh, in the forum and the bulletin goes to 5000, I have to repeat what's in the forum every week in the bulletin, which is a bit of a chore. But I, I will do it for as long as, as need be. Um, but also the stories from um, you know, search providers and the case management companies are growing, technology is growing and the, the bulletin is, is getting longer and longer. We did um, at the beginning of the year, as you, you know, um, change it from a very um, old fashioned word PDF document into a flipping book document, which has gone down really well. And I've introduced a few other things along the way as well. We have a, a BLG training. So I set a test every two months, which is CPD accredited um, and uh, a sorry, a proportion of the membership take the test and the system will print a certificate in their name saying they've done this, they've done that, and they can keep that with their um, with their CPD records. So it has evolved and, and it's going to continue to evolve, I think. You've seen a lot of change in conveyancing over the hmm, 30 plus years that you've been involved in the industry. What's been good? What's been bad? <laughs> 30 plus? I started in 1974. We're, we're nearly talking... We're getting close to 50 years. I think I found my maths are correct. It's about 48 years now. So I was a conveyancer for 30 years before I got involved in HIPS, and I've been doing uh, something different since then for about the last um, 18 years. You know, what, what's changed? And I, I thought about this before we uh, started recording, and I, I think, sadly, not a lot has changed for the better, unfortunately. You know, I was involved when, uh, you know, there was no internet, there was no email, um, or very little. Um, it was unregistered land. It was um, postal exchanges of co contracts, personal completions. Uh, the DX was rife, etc. But it was more enjoyable. It was less stressful. Uh, I think it was even quicker, and it was better paid than it is now. And that that hurts me. Watching my members go through much harder work process than I ever went through. Why do you think that is? We've seen this race to the bottom on fees. I was chatting with somebody the other day and they said to me, there's a lot of skill leaving the industry. You talk about unregistered title. I mean, that's a great example, isn't it? How many young people actually know what to do with an unregistered, you know, how many young conveyances know what to do with that? You need a different person to do conveyancing now than you did back in my day. Uh, I always say I had like seven to 10 big plates to keep spinning at any one time. So unregistered title, whatever it might be, keep them all spinning, keep the agents happy, keep the clients happy. I think now they've got 15 or 20 smaller plates to keep spinning. Um, and I think that's a much harder task than the, than we had back then. Maybe not academically in some cases, um, but it's a tougher task. You've got to keep them spinning all the time. You drop one, somebody's on your back. It might be your PI company. It might be the regulator. It might be a lender. You are always looking over your shoulder. Um, it's not a comfortable place to be in. 
the other thing I've noticed, uh, which has been a natural thing, is that I would say the good 70, 75% of conveyances now are, are women or female. But maybe that's because they can multitask better than men and they're better at spinning plates. Who knows? I think a lot of it is that some of them, a lot of them have come up from the ranks of reception and secretarial work and are doing um, full-blown conveyancing work. Uh, you know, there, there have been, I suppose, some, I'm trying to think of what the improvements are. Uh, there's technology improvements, you know, maybe working conditions are better. But I can't think of anything I could hang my hat on and say, that is why you should become a conveyancer right now. And I think we've got to do something about that. And that is my that is my mission to a degree. I've, I've said many, many times, and I won't say it again after this, but on my tombstone, I would like, he wasn't a bad dad. He was an okay husband, but he did help improve the conveyancing process. And I'll, I'll be about as happy as I can be when, when I'm dead. Which leads me very neatly on to asking you about where you see conveyancing going over the course of the next 10 years. I think if we, if we cut you in half, you'd, you'd bleed upfront information, uh, and getting getting people sort of sale ready. But where else do you sort of see changes in conveyancing happening over the next 10 years? I, again, I thought about this before recorded and I, I didn't want to just bang the same old drum. But the more I think about it, the more I think it will be upfront information. Early, call it what you want, earlier involvement, something in the process that will start when the either just before the property is marketed or when it's marketed um, and we will use that legally dead, dead time i.e the marketing period that we've never used before and I don't think that's just being driven um, by people like me I think that's being driven by consumer needs they want to know what the area is like I think it's being driven by by lenders um, they want to know more about the property before they decide whether or not they're going to lend on it um, and from a conveyancing point of view if you've got a seller's pack, a property transaction pack, which is much like an auction pack on the de on day one, you can get on with the job much quicker. I really, I know there are uh, um, purported or perceived downsides to it, but there aren't any that we can't, hurdles, there aren't any we can't overcome. Searches will go out of date, well, they can be refreshed. Um, the search insurance won't cover the buyer. That buyer, that can be sorted as well. There are problems, but let's not just say there's a problem and stop. Let's say there's a problem and find a way through it, a way around it or a way over it. So I, it's not the silver bullet. Don't get me wrong. It's not the silver bullet. It won't cure all the ills, but it is a bullet. And, you know, we need six bullets in a revolver. So let's put the first one in and pull the gun and start this thing moving. And I think also from a conveyancer's point of view, if you're instructed on day one um, and you, you open a file and you do your AML and your ID, etc., uh, then you get the pack together. You're doing that in a much more relaxed environment than you are in the heat of battle. You're not going to have the agents up and down the chain chasing you. You're not even probably going to have the client chasing you or the agent chasing you. And when that pack is ready, you just put it on the shelf or wherever it sits in a computer and you call on it when you, you needed it. And then hopefully there will be fewer inquiries coming from the other side um, and you won't get involved in all the delays and stress that you are now. It will be a smooth transaction. I'm almost 100% sure of it, but we need to get the ball rolling and it's not going to be mandated. The government have made that clear. So I think it's now for the conveyancing profession to um, grasp the nettle and say, you know what, we were given a golden opportunity with HIPS. It was mandated, but for whatever reasons, we've missed it. 
we're now given being given another opportunity uh, because um, trading standards want more material information up front. It's not as good as HIPS. It's not mandated. It's not a golden opportunity, but it is another. It's a second bite of this, a very similar cherry. And if we miss that, we'll never get another one. We will never begin to level the playing field. We will always be at the bottom of the food chain. This is our opportunity, our second opportunity. We've got to take it. Do you envisage that we'd ever go down the route of an American style conveyancing system or a European style conveyancing system? There's lots of champions of, of those sorts of setups around the industry. If you were to create the conveyancing system again today, it wouldn't look like it does. No, I mean, I, I haven't studied um, conveyancing systems in other countries to a great degree, but I know there are systems that are different and, and allegedly work better. Um, will it become American with title insurance? It could do. It could do in 5, 10, 15 years time if we don't do something about it now. And if that happens, we might lose conveyancing as a profession and there might not be any call for conveyances in the numbers we've got. And that's another issue that the numbers we've got, we are losing conveyances at the moment. They are leaving. They have been leaving. Um, what's the reason for anybody to become a conveyancer now? It's very difficult. I've always said if my four kids um, said they wanted to become a conveyancer, much like if they were taking drugs, I'd lock them in the garage until, until they kick that habit. Because I can't see it as being beneficial at the moment. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. Fees have gone up over the last couple of years. As I say, material information is coming. Let's get out there and let's lead this battle, not follow on uh, everybody else. Fighting words from Rob. What's the future of Bold Legal Group then? What I'm doing at the moment works well. Um, I would like more of my members to sign up to the forum. And if you're out there listening to this now, please sign up to the forum. It makes my life easier. It's not social media. It's just an online forum. It's great. It's fantastic. You don't have to post if you don't want to. You can just read and observe. But please join the forum. Um, I'm I, I'm setting up something new um, called Bold Legal Move, uh, which is basically it's a very, very simple concept because it's my idea, I guess. And basically, it's a directory of, of law firms, conveyancing law firms, who will take instructions from an estate agent or a seller uh, on the day of marketing. Um, and the, the very least they will do is, is open a file and maybe do ID and AML checks. If they want to go further than that and build a full pack, that's fine by me. I'm not going to be prescriptive about this. Uh, I'm not going to tell them what they've got to charge to, to do whatever work they want to do or or how big a pack or smaller pack uh, they want to build. They've just got to do something on day one. I see this like a tiny little rock at, at the top of Everest that rolling down the hill and the snow will pick up on it. And if we can get a few firms doing that, and I've already got about 40 or 50 interested, um, I think more will do it. And all they've got to do is go on the directory and say, if you instruct me on day one, I will charge you X and I will do this, this and this. Um, if a seller uh, um, um, goes to the website, all they need to do is, is type in the postcode of the property they're selling or a county, and up will come four or five, five firms uh, within the vicinity of the property. They click on the firm's logo. If they like what they see on any particular firm, they can then go on and then go on and instruct them. Will it work? I've got no idea. It's not costing me an arm and a leg. It's not costing the firms who go on there an arm and a leg. But it is something proactive. It is something different. And like I say, it might be the first role of that, that snowball. Brilliant. Well, we're 
sort of running out of time, Rob, or run out of time. It's been fantastic to chat. Uh, lots of interesting sort of thoughts on the current state of the conveyancing market and uh, the potential in the future. The Today's Conveyancer podcast is available on your preferred podcast provider. It's also available on todaysconveyancer.co.uk. Rob, thanks very much indeed for joining today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and I will ask you to be a guest on one of my podcasts in the near future. <laughs> That's very kind. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Speak soon. You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.